Do you want a Tato? That was the start. Well, one of them of the Riverhead Backyard Relapse Ultra. I'm Matt Raymond. And I'm Eugene Bingham. And this is Dirt Church Radio. Interesting conversations with interesting runners. Eugene Francis Bingham, you know that I am a creature. You know, this person is not really Eugene. Uh, you know that I'm a creature. You know that I'm a creature of habit, and mm. um, you're sending me all these other trail runs around Auckland. I know. I run like, in Riverhead. I go to about Thursday, and I go, oh, 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 have a look at this. Yeah. And I send it to you, and you run. Lynn Field. This is the Wild Things Challenges. So they've got the Shoe Science uh, Challenge, Autumn Challenge. Like Ko-Fi. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is just one of the challenges they've got. They've got so many challenges on North all Coast. around Aotearoa. Uh, you can run from the bus to the brewery, all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Anyway, all over the place. And and what's more, if you keep an eye out on their Facebook page, you see how many prizes they give away for these things? No, I don't because I only run at Riverhead. Oh, my goodness. There's just so many prizes all available to you. All you have to do, sign up as a Wild Things VIP member, and then there's a little add-on that you put on to be able to do these challenges. But if you use the code... To sign up as a VIP member, DCR twenty twenty one. What's DCR twenty twenty one? It's easy to remember. It means you get fifteen months Wild Things VIP membership for the price of twelve. Mal's happy. You're happy because you get your fifteen for the price of twelve, and we're happy because he gives us a little bit of the old ooh la la. Yeah, yep, he does. And and in all seriousness, I mean, there's some amazing trails around the place, yes. uh, around Auckland that. You know, there is the Shoot Science Auckland Autumn Challenge at the moment. Get mm-hmm. into it. It's, it's yep. I mean, even if you, you know, you like a little corner of the world, going further afield mm-hmm. is, is, is no bad thing. Anywhere are you around the country, I bet you'll find a Wild Things Challenge to get yourself into. Get yourself running on some challenges, some trails that you're not used to. Go on, do it. Wildthings.club. Yeah. While you're out there running on new trails, mm. I mean, you could be wearing a pair of Scott Kinabalu. RC Ultra, just fantastic. That'd be a good choice. That would be a good choice. You could also... Versatile. Versatile. Speaking of versatile, you could be taking selfies of your Scott Kinabalu RC Ultra and putting your phone snugly in your Ultra Spire Zygoth mm. personalised phone pocket. Mm. Mm. Amazing. Sam, Sam Manson was doing photo shoot of his shoes at the airport the other day. I know. Do you think he was pulling it? Do you think he wears his vest, his Ultra Spire vest with the camera thing through the airport? So you can just easily get out and do the shoe selfie at the airport. I'm hoping he'd be more discreet from that, but he is the kind of he could pull that off and do a shoey. Yeah, and do a shoey <laughs> at the end. But if you go to scottrunning.nz or ultraspire.co.nz, you'll be privy to two of the most incredible brands who who keep us uh, in good and great stead. gear, great gear, yeah, and, and a great person behind mm. said brands. So amazing, scottrunning.nz and ultraspire. .co.nz mm. And if you're in Otatahi Christchurch Yeah, you go to Further Faster You could do You could You go to Further Faster And their website is furtherfaster.co.nz Normally we play the jingle now But you're all hearing it in your heads as we're I think we should play it anyway. I, I think we should play it anyway to reinforce But again, I, one thing I will reinforce is, is Rocky He never tires of it he never tires of it. He really loves it if you actually go into the store and sing it, singing it, sing it, or maybe at just his face. like play it. Yeah, go in there, go in there, play it, play he the. Loves yep. it. He loves Instead it. Instead of the code, there's no code. If you go in there, you play, play the jingle. Rocky will see love what it. it. See what he'll give you. Yeah, honestly, he's gonna love it. Furtherfaster.co.nz. 
we go something like further, faster, there in Christchurch. Rocky is hairy and so is Badger. Jules is nice and Jack is delicious. Go further, faster, now. Go further, faster, there in Christchurch. Rocky is hairy and so is Badger. Jules is nice and Jack is delicious. Go further, faster, now. Dirtchurch Radio. Episode 139. We made it. And you're still awake. Yep. I had a bit of sleep. I'm good, man. It's good. Yep. It's I good. Sh- I show you a photo of the, uh, the tents, the event base, and you'd be like, what What major ultramarathon? Really? Yeah. Oh, well, then I can show you this legal letter. Right. Who's this one Another from? one. Yeah. This is the Ice Cream Manufacturers Guild uh, apprentices of Aotearoa. Right. They just wanted us to say that uh, eating ice cream does not cause sunburn. No, no, that, I mean, I, they didn't say anything about what the cause and effect is of being a guest on DCR, though. So I think my science stands up. I was in, what I was trying to say last week was that correlation does not imply causation, right? So you could correlate ice cream and sunburn, mm. but you could say that one doesn't cause the other. But I love ice cream, and, and I would love months. to be sponsored by an ice cream company. <laughs> Just saying. Like anyway. That's, that's like leaving, leaving just like leave flogging that, that dead horse. Right. I would love Scott to branded ice cream. Any hey, branded uh, ice cream. So you did manage to get some sleep. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Yeah. And for those of you who don't know, Riverhead Backyard Relapse Ultra yeah. was on this weekend. Absolutely it was. Yeah. And what an amazing event. Yeah. Um, having been involved in the first one and having hung out a lot at Biggs, um, yeah, I, I couldn't be... Happier with how that went, really. Mm. And, uh, amazing, mm. amazing. Mm. So yeah, no, I got sleep. I mean, I had a. We did a big stretch. So Friday, Saturday. So I think I like, and this is the thing. Like we're not running around, so I know I can comfortably, comfortably do, to do though. Yeah, yeah, I can mm. comfortably do twenty four hours. So I had about mm. thirty three hours up, and then uh, Rebecca forced me into the camper van at knife point, and <laughs> literally. <laughs> and then four she hours. made you eat and sleep. Yeah, she? that's exactly yeah, what yeah. she did. Um, four hours sleep, and then after um, the after the 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 LPS um, wrapped up, I had you know another couple of four solid hours sleep. It was great. It was mm. really great. And yeah, we had to sort of wrestle Sean into bed about nine o'clock on the Saturday, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he was up at two o'clock as well to see the win, and then he grounded out, but. Yeah, he's built different, that man. So. He sure is. But what a weekend. I mean, the, it was. It really had a sort of a real festival vibe to it, didn't it? You know, quite apart from the whole, you know, the lights and they were epic and the relentless house music. Yeah, that was a really, I I think Sean and I, I mean, that was that was all Sean's playlist, um, but we put it on and we thought, oh, we'll see how this goes. And it really worked. It just mm. kept everything going and going and going. I mean, Adam Keane might not agree because his tent was situated right by the speaker. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But it's something that Sean did. He, he, he popped for an extra speakers, basically, and mm. it was... It was super good. I mean, my legs are pretty wrecked, and I worked out that, you know, I only ran, I think, the equivalent of about three laps over the course of the weekend, mm. but I worked out that I basically danced most <laughs> of the other time that I was awake. So, yeah. Oh, um, no. Yeah, I, lo- yeah. I, love, I love house music. So Cool. Yeah. Mm. But, look, it was about the running, wasn't it? And Absolutely. what a great bunch that were there for the last person standing event, you know, some legends uh and then the the relay events as well it was it was it was amazing yeah it it, it was and especially during the the, the conditions i mean it was hectic as mm. it was muddy yeah. uh and then on the 
early yeah. Saturday morning, it got really, really rainy. Yeah. yeah. And then again, right as the relay was starting. Mm, mm, was, mm. Yeah. And we'll, we've got a full rundown special edition of everything that went down during the weekend, uh, all the weather reports and things. But look, it was so it, it was cool to hear lots of love for DCR as well. Absolutely. And catch up with heaps of listeners. And, and thanks to everyone who did come up and say, yeah, that G'day. Was, that was really cool. Had a couple of people say, um, you know, oh, this is the greatest run ever. So I've got you. I know where you live. Yeah, have your numbers. Right in. Yeah. <laughs> I've got the info be from your entry. Door. We're coming around. Yep. Yeah. Write them down. Yeah. So we will bring you that full rundown special edition. But before we go on, can I just, on behalf of everyone, oh, if on. I may appoint myself that, um, say a huge thank you to you and Rebecca and your families and to Sean and Madeline and their girls, as well as um, Lactic Turkey volunteers. with heaps of them out there as well. It really is a family affair and you really, really, really know how to put on a show. Yeah, it's just oh, I think every and I think everyone just feels really privileged to be able to do it, really. Mm. And the volunteers, I mean, shout out to the volunteers. Um, it's a lot to put on, and we had so many people like falling over themselves to come, mm. chill, help. Um, you know, I, I think about Irwin doing the social media stuff. I think about Ryan and Jillian coming and hanging out, and Ryan getting on the, you know, emceeing, and Chris from uh, Runners of Beards getting on the MC, and Richie and uh, Jason. And just there was Sarah who packed down the course after it was just. You said it was done by twelve thirty. Yeah, we were out by twelve thirty. Wow. Yeah, it was. It was like there was no. Wow. One, you so wouldn't have like been three hours. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, after last week's podcast where we caught up with Dawn Tuffery, wasn't it cool to see her at Renaps yeah, as well? Yeah, that was really cool. She was there to support Wayne Botha. Yeah. And it was amazing. It and was Gary, really... Gary as well, wasn't it? Gary Garrison. Gary Garrison. Gary yeah. Philpot. Yes, that's mm. it. Sorry. Up from Hamilton. Um, <laughs> yeah. Hamilton Hawks represent. Uh, so, she, yeah, it was cool to see her there. And, you know, what a legend she is. And she had a blade around the course herself. Absolutely. In Rebecca's, in, in my wife's shoes, because she'd only <laughs> bought road shoes with her. Yeah. And, and Rebs was like, oh, what size are you? And, and, like, literally gave her the shoes off her feet. And Dawn yeah. was like, Joyce. Oh, she went. <laughs> uh, do you think she'll be tempted to come back next year? I think a lot of people will. I think mm. people got smacked about by the rain. Uh, like and I think everyone, there's been two events run in Dry Riverhead. Yeah. Um. So I don't know, but she'd be amazed. It'd be amazing. She would to be. See how she would she, be. How she go. Yeah. 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 Hey, when she left, she was said that she was running out of petrol and asking where the nearest service station was. So I hope you made it home, Dawn. I, I tried <laughs> to give good instructions, um, and I'm sorry if uh, I let you down. Yeah. But um. Yeah. It was it was good to catch up. Hey, look. Before we move on, don't forget about our upcoming event. Yes, super stoked about this. Mm. We're getting back amongst it. Uh, Thursday, 29th April, we're recording a live show at the Halatau Tap House, and that's spelled H-A-U-S, House, House. on uh, Karangahapi Road, which is in central Auckland, and we'll be talking to the three extraordinary folk from Sports Lab, which is like it's, it's, a, it's like a rehab and injury prevention hub with an MDT, so there's lots of different disciplines in the the hub. So we'll be talking injury prevention, treatments and um yeah, we'll talk about foam rolling. If we're not if you're not <laughs> killing yourself, are you doing it wrong or you're doing it right? Um so yeah, you'll hear us, which, you know, the booby prize, but we'll talk to three people who really know what they're on about this. Lou McKellen who's a previous DCR guest, a massage therapist, Vaughan Craddock, uh, who's a physio, and Laurel Abel, who's a podiatrist. And that's from six thirty for a seven PM start. It's going to be fun. And informative. Yeah, and sure will be. And hello, Dale. Radio. Stuff you should know. Look, 
before we get into relapse and a bunch of other events that were on over the weekend, mm. which we have a rundown of, um, we've got a special bit of audio. This is cool. This is really cool. So a friend of ours and DCR listener, Anna Hughes, she's got a fortnightly podcast called Books That Work. And basically she shares the best and most useful bits of business books, sort of like a speed read of a a book and interview with the author and then take five or five things to try or try and adopt. But in the current episode, the one that's out right now, she's spoken with US Olympic marathon medalist Dina Castor. So Dina has written um, a New York Times bestseller, Let Your Mind... uh, let Your Mind Run. It's a memoir about running, but there are also plenty of other insights and lessons for all sorts of areas of life. And Anna has kindly shared with us an excerpt, which I don't think is actually in the in the cut that's out in her podcast, um, in which Dina talks about how she shifted from being a 5K runner to a marathon runner. So have a listen to this. You talk about a funny thing happened on the way to op- optimism, and you went for this run in the Santa Monica Mountains, and... Uh, those of us who are runners can really relate to that. Um, so was just keen, is, are you able to share that story with us and, you know, what you took out of that and what, what new opportunities it created out of that? Yes. In, um, in the, the year 2000 and 2001, I was mostly a 5K, 10K runner um, for the United States. I made my first Olympic team in the 10,000 metres and I was really looking for ways. I, I didn't even make the finals of the 10,000 meters in the Sydney Olympics. So I was really looking for ways to build myself as an athlete. What more could I do or less could I do or more specifics could I, could I pinpoint to get better at this game so that I could, so that I could be in contention to, to winning a medal? Because to me, that was the epitome of the Olympic Games, bringing home a medal for your country. And I thought, you know, if I, if I, if I, if I, if I ran some longer distances, maybe that would help. Well, there was this one day that I was visiting my, my parents because my mom was doing, was, um, was in her first bout of breast cancer and home visiting them in Southern California. When I just decided, you know, for my mental health, I was going to go on this long run, touch the sand in the, at the Pacific ocean and run back up the hills, um, toward their house. And it was, it would be the longest run of my life. And I was pretty insecure about it because my longest run before that was 15 miles and this was going to be 18. But at the end of those 15 mile runs, I was getting hammered by my teammates. I could barely finish them, <laughs> sent me to bed for the rest of the day. So I was pretty intimidated by doing these, these extra few miles. But as the miles ticked on, because I was more conservative in my pacing, I just got this surge of energy, like, oh my gosh, I'm doing it. And I just started charging up these hills and I finished so invigorated. And it was a moment that a lot of runners can relate to because so many times we think that there are these impossible feats um, to accomplish. And when we do it, we're in awe of the, of the accomplishment. It could be running our first mile or our first 5k or crossing the finish line of your first marathon or running that 20 mile run that prepares you for that, for that marathon. You think 20 miles, gosh, most people don't even drive this much in a day. And I, here I am running it on this weekend morning. So it was just one of those moments where I was in awe of my capabilities. And so I called coach Vihal and said, 
wow, I just ran 18 miles. I think I can run a marathon one day. And he said, baby, I have been waiting to hear those words <laughs> come out of your mouth. And, um, and so I signed up for the New York city marathon later that later that summer or later that, um, that year. And really, um, was using it as, as one of those ways to get stronger for the 10 K it would give me that endurance. I was hoping that a 10 K would feel really short after the span of a marathon. And it did, it allowed me to open up and take more risks because I wasn't afraid of hurting anymore. Um, it kind of like stretches your, um, stretches your perception of what it is to, to feel fatigue or to struggle. And so it really did serve its purpose in enhancing my 10 K experience. Little did I know that this was going to be my event. This was going to be the event that, that I actually did the best in. So there you go. Mm-hmm. You can hear the rest of the interview by downloading books at work. And you can also find her webs Anna's website, booksatwork.co.nz, and on Instagram. So thank you, Anna and Dina. Right, on to the races. Yeah. There was a bunch of racing this weekend. Uh, the, the Aotearoa Mountain Running Champs, which doubled up with the Queenstown Alpine Grind, was on Saturday. Ooh, Ooh. So what are we looking at? That's 13K yeah. over three laps. Yeah. Uh, and it's an up and down. So you had to not only be good at going uphill, but also smashing legs coming down. So overall gain of 1100 meters and and loss of a thousand meters so yeah not easy no so taking out the champion spot this year was nancy Zhang, queenstown uh 128 13 silver was susanna lynch of wellington 131 56 and bronze was sabrina grogan of timaru in 132.04 yeah you've got to be so pleased for nancy don't you she had the that disappointing run at Old Ghost in February and she had a few injuries and stuff to cope with during the past year. But, you know, that's the National Trail and Mountain Running Double. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so good. So good. Awesome. In the men. Uh, so gold was Jono Jackson, Jonathan Jackson of Auckland in 115.46. Silver was Andy Good of Blenheim in 117.29. That was a week after becoming second at the Christchurch mm-hmm. Marathon. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. And mm-hmm. bronze was Sewers Corporal of Galatia in 117.41. Yeah. Yeah. So John was also backing up. He did that 21K Oof. last weekend. Yeah. Um, and he had that one in the 50K at Tarawera. And he has just said Andy had uh, Christchurch Marathon last week. <laughs> Man, yeah. So um, Andy went out strong apparently, but once Jono got to the front, he sort of took control. But, yeah, great racing and not much between those top three, is there? Not at all. Yeah. Hey, um, Dwight Grief. Yes. Need the Masters title too. And Jennifer Walker took out the Women's Masters title. So awesome. That is really awesome. Mm. Right, Mount Oxford Odyssey. That did look like, that was amazing. (laughs) That looked like such a strong man. Yikes. <laughs> they had all the conditions. Yeah. <laughs> Snow. Yeah. Oh, it sounds like some great... I mean, there's volunteers that make these events, yeah. isn't it? And yeah. apparently, <laughs> I mean, with day drinking ladies at the Salvia Aid Station. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. my Lord. And and then the organisers said that there was a nurse who had chosen to fast pack in on the Friday night at, to the Wharfdale Hut, which was... Uh, one of the aid stations, and they arrived at the hut to find it was lit by candlelight and warm from a fire. Nice. Isn't that nice? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, good volunteers. But look, um, there was three races there, I think, maybe four, I'll get to it. Yeah. Uh, so in the women's, Veronica Polakova, 7.38, Sia Svensson, 8.02, and Hannah Presswood, 8.12. 
In the men's race, it was Gavin Dale first in 5.42.09, Oliver Linscott in 5.55.05, and Zach Reimer in 6 hours, 5 minutes and 39 seconds. And in the 32K, Katie Morgan won the women's 4.02.17, Tessa Walker 4.36.04, and Cez Petty 4.37.52. Amazing. In mm. the men's race, it was Daniel Danielle Desan, uh, th- three hours thirty one oh five. Tom Kissel three fifty one seventeen, and Ben Brown three fifty three twenty four. Mm. And in the half marathon, Alice Riddell two fifty forty four won the women's, and Andrew John Kirk, uh, Kirkaldy two thirty eight flat for the men. For the fifteen k, it was Helen Gillespie in one thirty seven forty nine, and Josh Merrin in one thirty one thirty two. Mm, so some really good races. Yeah, there. the top of the South Island, though, is the Loop the Lake, yeah. Lake Rutwiti in Nelson of Nelson Lakes. That's which been an amazing event. Looks for years. really sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I've got a friend who goes down and does that religiously with his, I think his brother, but um, and keeps badgering that we've got to come and do it. Huh. Mm. Awesome. So, Josie Wilcox, 159.29 at Palmerston North for the win. Jody Dobson, Josie first, Jody second. Jody mm. Dobson, 211.18 of Wakefield. And Kirsten Hall, 215.26 at Christchurch. And men, Matt Ogden, 141.59 from Nelson. Ben Williams, 144.50 from Greymouth. And Regan Sinclair, 156.32 from Nelson. Yeah. Hey, also, Maggie Pete from Auckland set a record in the 60-plus category. It's amazing. Yeah, it was quite an old record too, I think. Uh, she hit clocked 232.04. So well done, Maggie. That's yeah. amazing. And then uh, all s- rounding out the weekend's racing. Uh, wouldn't be weekend racing without an exterior in Wellington. I know. Yeah. So in the Rongorongo and the Rimataka Forest Park, in the 20-kilometre event, it was Deborah Lynch home in 156.50, Sarah Rule in 204.48, and Jackie Holly in 204.58. Oof. Mm. Yeah. And in the men's, Walter Somerville, 141.40, Tom Peck, 146.29, and Aaron Lynch, 147.50. In the 12K, it was Bex Hutchinson in 125.54 and Stephen Greenside in 110.20. And in the 7K sprint, it was Sarah Fountain in 37.40 and Michael McAdden in uh, 32.11. Yep. Whew, all right. Was there any other races on the weekend? I can't think of any. I just rounded out there. I did one. Yeah, no, I'd be happy to finish. I'm feeling quite tired. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sort of, I have these. I know. Uh, you talked. Yeah, waves of like, yeah. yeah. And That's what happens, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. I just had a gulp of a cup of tea uh, to get through this. Right, so today's main event really for us, um, the Riverhead Backyard Relapse Ultra. Look, it was it had a tortured history last year, didn't it? Absolutely. Twice on the schedule, twice had to be cancelled because of lockdowns. Um, there was the Teams event for Biggs, the remote one, um, that big global event that Adam Keane won with 35 laps ahead of Glenn Sutton. But it's fair to say there was a hell of a lot of excitement at the weekend that it was going to be on. Basically the first event. Um, since 2019's won by Katie Wright with 30 laps. Yeah, and I think it was, I mean, there was that sense of anticipation and certainly through the week, I mean, we had a couple of nervous texts, hey, on Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, because <laughs> there, there was those um, border, border workers, wasn't there? Yeah, absolutely. Like, oh, no. like, In fact, yeah. Rebecca and I were going to pick up the camper van uh, on the Thursday morning. Mm. In the car, we got a phone call from Sean, and he goes... Have you seen the TV? And we went, no. And he goes, have you not heard the announcement? Oh. And I just about was ready to jump out of the car and just start running. You know, just yeah. panicked, sort of yeah. <laughs> run out of the yeah. car. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was fair to say people were fizzing and 
um, you know, we had 73 people start the last person standing, mm. which gave us an incredible, um, incredible amount of talent, incredible mm. sort of that, that, that push and the excitement. Yep. And it, was, it was amazing. Yeah. What was, was the, the sort of build up go smooth, you know, in terms of organizing it? I mean, yeah, this is the thing. So, like, Sean wasn't running it this year. So, mm. in January, he'd, you know, they've had some changes. It's yep. happened, COVID's affected and mm. work's changed and stuff like that. Yep. So, Sean made a choice. He made the call. Yep. Not to run it. Yep. Um, and to, so he did the lion's share of sort of the, because it's his, his thing, you know, like, mm. did the organizing, he, like all the, the entries, he's got all the, mm. the back room stuff set up. Yep. Um, but in terms of, you know, Rebecca handled a lot of the, um, stuff around liaising with businesses and mm-hmm. uh, in terms of food and, and stuff like that. And we were just basically ready to, to do what we could to, to get in. Mm. So it, it did. It, it went really smooth. Like mm. I, we turned up on the Thursday morning. We set up, we marked the course, we set up, you know, we, we got it done. There's an incredible amount of stuff that you have to pack in and carry around and rig up. And then, mm-hmm. you know, from 7.30 Friday sort of, Got into it and mm. yeah, it went really smooth. Set up the Doof Doof music. Yeah, got to get that playlist the... going. Um, look, so as you mentioned, seventy three people lined up on Friday, yep. um, and there were some big shot contenders there. Weren't absolutely, there? Yeah. absolutely, and people that, like you didn't even sort of you know I think about Stuart Lynch who yeah tapped out after sixteen laps yep. because he yep. well we come to him oh, and, we and Chris okay. Bisley and Adam King, <laughs> yep. Fiona Hayvice, yep, absolutely, Helen Waterworth. Um, Kanoka Azumi, Kanoka Azumi, Wayne Botha, Botha, yeah, Jamie Stevenson, Mike Field. You know, there was just so much. It was brimming with talent, wasn't it? Sam Harvey. Did you say Sam Harvey? No. Well, you know, I was going to come to him later on, but you know, do a spoiler. Yeah. Yeah. No. There we go. But um, it was it was real brimming with talent, wasn't it? Absolutely. You know, it it just you you couldn't when you looked at the start line, you couldn't go. Yeah. No, you couldn't at all. And you and you sort of you looked at uh, Adam was the favourite. Definitely, um, because you know he's the current sort of, and I'm, I'm sure we'll come to him. But like there was that sense that he was, mm. you know, the favourite. He knew how to do it. He, he's done it. He's yep. currently. But then there's the other thing. He's already got a gold ticket in his pocket. Mm, that's right. So what's your motivation? Yeah, you know? yeah, so. yeah. So look, as well as doing your duties, I kept on dragging you away to, to interviews. So let's play a couple of those. So one of the early ones we did was with your co-organizer, Sean. Collins and another with Brooke Thomas, you know, the Tauraroa Trail record holder who was there as crew for Adam King. So let's play that now. We could huddle in the shower. We could huddle in the shower, but instead we'll talk to you. (laughs) Sean Collins, the 2021 edition of the... I always get the title wrong. Can you do it officially for me? It's the Riverhead Backyard Relapse Ultra. Riverhead Backyard Relapse Ultra. 2021 edition is underway. Uh, it's looking pretty good. Yes, it's just a relief to do it. Um, even up until driving up this morning, you're like, please, please no announcements. Yeah. Um, third time lucky, though. We've got it. It's awesome. Got past one o'clock. Um, and so a big field today, a big field started? Uh, yes, so we had a 74 start, and we're down to 72 at this stage. Two down. How many? How long? Uh, and this, they're just doing their fourth lap. Well, they finished their fourth lap. Started their fifth. So you're obviously not ex- not only experienced. At, you're not experienced at all. You're very experienced <laughs> at running these events, but you're also experienced at literally running these events. Yes. 
What is the secret to a good uh, outcome? I'm not quite sure that we've discovered the secret. <laughs> That's the beauty of it. Um, it's so much of a, a puzzle, um, and you can do it lots of different ways, I think. But the um, you'll notice from watching the, them finish that the experienced guys are all averaging, you know, they're in the late 50s, 55 minutes, um, and the fastest guys have been doing 35 and history tells us that those faster guys can't keep that up for <laughs> a long time. Is there a strategy in putting in a fast lap to, I mean, what did you find? That sometimes do you need to put in a fast lap to get more, more recovery time? You need to do things that, you know, you don't have time for if you come in at 50 minutes? Yeah, yeah. And so around the meal time, if you're planning on having a decent feed rather than just a, a mouthful, um, you might do a faster lap and then later into it, the sleeping time. Is when you and you'll find that these guys, um, the experienced guys, will actually average faster times so they can try and sleep each lap rather than just picking one hot lap. They'll, you know, they'll try and get down to 45s or something. Has anyone requisitioned that awesome chair that you had, that like sleeping chair thing that you had last last year? Was it? No, I haven't seen any yet. There's some awesome kit out there. There's some really good setups. There's one inflatable bed that's like up to my hips inflatable from the ground it's like no way no man's going to get out of that <laughs> that's right because i suppose you don't want to make it too comfy do you yeah, exactly otherwise you snuggle in and that's it lights out <laughs> when i mean we've it's really early days right so uh the mind games or well, the, the self mind games have begun doesn't it because as much as you want to get going you've it's it's only just begun so how do you manage that early stage of an event like this um, I think it's a matter of just ticking it off and taking one lap at a time. Um, it's a cliche, but that's how you have to think about it rather than thinking about the big picture that I'm going to do 50 or 24 laps or whatever. So just doing one at a time, making sure that you're looking after yourself and um, psyching everyone else out with mind games. <laughs> have you seen any evidence of that stuff going on? I haven't yet, but it'll happen. But yeah. What's, I mean, you're not running this year, so what's your secret mind game trick? Uh, I think just uh, pretending that you're super... Um, fit and relaxed and it's all just a stroll on the park when deep down you're hurting and <laughs> would like to curl up and die and that's I guess you know you see people like Adam Keane who who won in the event we got away last year he he comes in looking so relaxed he looks like he's I mean he's walking in for a start it looks like he's out for a walk on a Friday afternoon yeah, yeah, and and part of that is because he's experienced and he's taking slow laps to start and that. Um, but yeah, it is if you um, it does help and there's science to prove that if you're happy and and relaxed and that, then it does help you um, run better and longer because you're you're not perceiving you're not pushing yourself to say no oh, I'm I'm feeling tired and then you will start to feel tired. Wait, there's science. There's science. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. And what about as as race organisers? I mean, Matt's here as well. You guys, you have to manage yourselves as well because there's, you, you don't know how long you're going to be out here. How do you sort of work, do you work shifts? What are you, what are you doing? Uh, yeah, well, we've planned out a roster, but we probably won't stick to it because <laughs> uh, we all want to be up like in amongst it and um, watching people. You, you don't want to miss somebody finishing that you know, someone that you know or a friend or whatever, and, and others that are out there giving up their all. Um, so it does become hard. So we it starts to get to the stage where we force <laughs> force each other to have a have a rest and jump into the camper van or tent and have a sleep so that you can come back and carry on. Is that what your plan is? Yeah, I mean, what happened last time... I mean, 
and I guess it's the thing like I know I can do comfortably 24 hours up and I'm sure you can more more and you've proved it several times so like I know that I can start till tomorrow morning and then I'll get some sleep you know but again it's like that thing isn't it it's about planning to uh last the distance so and as and and what happened the first year we ran it is as it got further along the event we all kind of just spell each other out you know but like everyone let everyone else have a bit more sleep than they planned to so everyone kind of was sneaky but it happened to everyone so it was like I'll get you up in two hours and you let them sort of have three four five hours sleep and then it works out um yeah just I, I guess it's that thing isn't it taking little breaks and and you do the good thing about I guess doing this is on the hour every hour you do get a boost but it gets quite hard like not wanting to mess up the whistles <laughs> you know getting to to 57 minutes and, and oh my gosh so yeah it's 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 about I guess knowing your limits really and so this year um pretty good weather conditions how's the actual track looking it's slick it is it is muddy um although if it stays like this which is you know audio medium and all but it's it's sunny it's, it's reasonably warm um if it stays like this i think the the relay people uh, will actually be treated to the fact that the the ultra people have kind of just blown it out and sort of smoothed things down there are some spots that are going to get super that are super sort of hectic at the moment and that that will be what it is but i I think that if it keeps going the way it's going it's going to look pretty good by the end of it who's uh big important question whose playlist is this uh this one is mine let's see it's my running duff duff playlist (laughs) so we're trying to empty them up each um start and it's actually been—I just thinking in the last start that we did that the music like was perfectly like amped up till the go, and it was it was good. And it's stuff like that that um, the runners remember, um, and it gives them that tiny boost to at least do the hundred meters before they turn the corner, and we can't see them anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and you—it's um, you posted on Facebook before the start that uh, it was following Big's event online that sort of got you inspired to to bring it to New Zealand. So. Are you getting any idea of how many people are out there following it? It becomes a it becomes a thing, doesn't it? Everyone's sitting at home, hitting refresh, waiting to see see who's come in, who's got in the lap, uh, you know, who's who's made it in and all that. Yeah, yeah, and um, that's why uh, early on in the planning process, we got in touch with Les and I asked if we could um, use their timing database so that we had the same sort of setup, and we've tweaked it a bit. Um, using our system um, but it's got the stats and the updates live and yeah I remember ringing Matt on the way up to an event we were organising and I was like um, watching the feed from uh, Biggs and I called him up oh we should organise an event like this yeah. <laughs> and yeah and we've done it and um, uh, we don't have any idea on the stats but we've had lots of people like asking um, in the lead up if it's going to be live and stuff and yeah we'll have a look at it later on and see who's checking it out yeah. And the you mentioned Laz, there's a golden ticket up yep. for grabs. A legit gold coin arrives every year and um, so that goes to the winner. Um, so they get to go to Tennessee in October for the individual um, big backyard world champs. And Les has decided recently that he's going to have um, alternate years. So there'll be an individual one and then um, in the alternate year there'll be a teams one like we had last year, the virtual one, where the countries race against each other virtually. Um, and so we'll have to, or New Zealand will have to select a team for that next year. And so um, it's another sort of motivation for these people here to um, to keep going so they could potentially represent the 
the country next year. My question is, Adam Keane has a golden ticket already, so if he is the last person standing, does it go to second? Uh, not necessarily. It depends on how many laps they did um, compared to the rest of the world and the rest of the golden ticket events. Yeah, and I think um, if we talked to Adam and it got to that stage, then he would uh, be a gentleman from what I've heard right. and let the other person uh, do it. Has Katie got yes, an entry so as well? Potentially, we could have three Kiwis that can have got entry into the bigs in October and if they were so inclined, could fly over to COVID land and, uh, and race. Right, because Katie won, got a ticket because she was one of the final four at yes. last. Ah, the plot thickens. So that's so. pretty cool. New Zealand's representing. And if you say that Will's part of our gang as well, Will Hayward. And he is. Hi, Will. Then, uh, then that's four Kiwis. Surely per capita that's the highest uh, percentage of uh, champion ultramarathoners on the planet. I would think so. We have to keep coming back to the per capita. Yeah. <laughs> Just get those vaccines rolling, people. Um, so you're not running this year. You've chosen to just... Correct. Yep. <laughs> you're if, you, if you're not... <laughs> get out there. Um, was, was that a conscious decision? You just decided to set this one out? Uh, it was. I decided... To, well, uh, no. Obviously, it was a conscious decision because you're not... <laughs> sorry. Stupid question number 500 of Dirt Church Radio. Why aren't you running? Uh, so, yeah, I decided at the start of this year um, that I my body wasn't 100%. Um, and also, uh, my wife... Um, is back working full time um, instead of we were going to pump up back to Turkey last year um, and so that left me to organise because she wouldn't have time and so um, it was a decision both of those things I, I, wouldn't, I don't want to slog it out um, having to finish because of an injury again I've done that twice now I want to I want to run and finish because I'm staffed and can't go any further which is the whole objective of why I want to do it but it's not like you've hung up your running shoes because you've got a uh, mission once a month <laughs> that I see that is, whoa, can you describe that to us or people, if, in case people haven't seen what you're up to at the start of each month of this year? Yeah, so it was actually Madeline, my wife's idea, and I've just tagged on and upped it a little bit to man size it. Um, so we're running um, a Karamatua Hill um, up to Mount Donald McLean each month and it's an accumulator so it's plus one for each month that we go so we just did April last weekend so fourth month and four four reps in one session so in December it'll be 12 reps um, and I got to um, top of Mount Don McLean so it's a um, 13k return and 650 meters for one lap so what was what was your April stats? Uh, so April was just over a marathon and two and a half thousand meters and five and five forty. And you have to do three times that yeah. in December. That was yeah. good maths. Eh? <laughs> that was very quick. <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, that's our. Um, it's a bit of an experience actually. I'm interested to see how it helps in in the other missions that we'll be doing throughout the year. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, it's. Uh, Coming up to half an hour into early yeah early days. Um, you boys have got work today. We do. There's generators to check. I did. Good done. Yep. The roster is on plan. Oh, it works. They've <laughs> got, got the petrol cap. Yes. <laughs>
We're here with Brooke Thomas. Brooke, kia ora, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you guys? Really well. It's lovely to meet you in the flesh. Now, what, what brings you to the Backyard Relapse? Yeah, well, this time around, I'm, I'm on the other side of the game. I'm support crew. So, hanging out in the forest, watching the running. And who's your runner? Adam Keane. Who's he again? Yeah, I don't know. Some guy with a mullet. <laughs> There's lots of guys here with mullets. It seems like <laughs> it's probably he was. I, I'm guessing he was an early adopter, or he never left it. He's just rode it through from the 80s. And um, but yeah, there's a fair few mullets out there flying around the course. Um, how's your foot? <laughs> well, it's um, it's doing fine for a support crew job. So <laughs> it's in recovery mode. For those who don't know, if, if you've seen Brooks' Instagram, uh, the Three Peaks race, wasn't it? You stubbed your toe with, like, not very long into the game, and it looked broken and awful. But I, I hear that actually you, you escaped a break. Yeah, well, I'm not sure if I was happy about that, because it was it's sore enough that it would have been more worthwhile if I had broken it. But anyway, it's on the mend, so it's good. And, I mean, Three Peaks notwithstanding and, and, and hurting your foot, are, are you able to do anything at all, or are you just sort of resting it at the moment? Uh, I'm <laughs> not very good at resting, so I've been running anyway, but it's probably not a good idea because now I'm getting a bit of a sore leg the rest of the leg, but, you know, it's fine. It's just a toe. You've got nine others. <laughs> it's a good, Spoken like a nurse. Yeah, it's just a toe. Just take, just strap it to the other ones. I mean, how are you enjoying uh, being up here crewing? I mean, it's a different side of the fence for you, really, isn't it? It's, I just rung my mum before because I was like, hey, I... And starting to understand the pressure, it's so much easier to be the runner because all you have to do is run and eat the food that's handed to you. You don't actually have to think about what you're doing. So, yeah, it's a different game, but it's cool. It's a really cool vibe. It's cool to be up here. And Adam's, uh, his, his approach to nutrition, is he letting you know before he starts off on the next lap what you have or has he got a game plan or is he just like, get it in, you know, is, is there a range of options or is he like spreadsheet guy? Have you met Adam? <laughs> Do you think he's a spreadsheet kind of guy? <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, he could be when it comes to this. I'm guessing not. No, I'm guessing he sort of he'll 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 have a couple of options worked out, but no. Well, we're what five laps in, and he's cruising in with about four, like four or five minutes each time to go. So it's just a matter of sit down, point to what you want. I don't think he's overthinking the situation. He knows what he's doing, and that's all that needs to. <laughs> yeah. I think it very much is possible to overthink these things, isn't it? Like, you can get tied up into the spreadsheet, into the, I must have this or this or this much grams, and it works, that, that approach works for certain people, but, I mean, yeah, you don't, you've got to be true to yourself, hey? Yeah, I'm not really sure if the overthinking is, like, I feel like it would be a good idea maybe, but it's definitely not my style either. Where are you on the, turning the mic on Eugene, where are you on the overthinking to non, uh, under to overthinking, where are you? Oh, if there's a choice between underthinking and overthinking, I always go for overthinking, it's right. just the way I am, yeah. yeah overthinking yeah. or like over-preparing, you know, like oh, having yeah. everything down to the last detail. I have it's, spreadsheets. Oh. Oh, you do? <laughs> Righto. I run a spreadsheet, yeah. See, I, yeah. I go for overthink, underprepare. So, overthink it under prepare and that seems to work yeah, for me but you know I'm, I'm on the same buzz <laughs> for sure so you I mean you've you've come off running Tararoa smashing it you're in an event like this where it's 6.67 kilometres you know that's it each hour but are you tempted <laughs> um, yes 
yes is the short answer, but I also think it's one of those things you sit here and you go, oh, that, surely that's not that hard. But they've only done five laps and it's already, what, 33 odd Ks. So maybe it is a bit harder than I think it is. But, yeah. what, what are the elements that um, appeal to you? I think it's that curiosity to see what you can do. Because it's just like, who knows, until you try, really. So, yeah, just want to see if I could, yeah, what your limit might be. And it's interesting, isn't it? And one of the things that I struggle with, and I know that you've talked about it too, Eugene, is that thing of, like, we both kind of you have a goal, and I can think about, oh, I need to get to this goal, but it always being one step ahead, I, that's a real challenge, hey? And also that sense of you can't walk it out. Or you can walk it out if you're having a bad time, easing off a little bit unless you've got a a significant buffer you've got to kind of push through yeah like you can't have that bad hour like we're talking about like the where you can kind of play catch up later you've got to like perform each hour and you've just got to keep consistent yeah it seems like it's an easy game but I think that also probably is because I have watched Adam do it (laughs) so it looks easy from the outside but yeah so if he won it last time uh, and now he's got you on the crew. I mean, yeah. he's just, you're like, expectations high. Well, uh, this could be the breaking point, right? Because I'm a new piece of the puzzle, so we'll see. <laughs> no pressure on me, but I feel like there might be some blame headed my way if things go wrong. Or some really heavy training weeks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nah, I think he's got it down. Yeah, I mean, what are you going to do? Overcook his cheese quesadilla? <laughs> it's pretty hard to mess up a quesadilla. Um, the thing that I... I mean, it's, it's what we're seeing now too. The thing that I love is everyone sort of... There's a little bit of strutting, and even if you can get through, like, there's, there's people up to sort of 40K now. Um, everyone's starting to just... It's starting to sink in, I think, and for especially the newer people, it's really starting to sink in. You know, that's the that's the thing that I really enjoy about watching these human beings going through this over and over again. Yeah, and it's cool how like different everyone approaches it. Eh? Like some are super serious, and some are kind of dancing over the line, and like yeah, people know exactly what they want. They've got things handed to them, and then others are just kind of just taking it as it comes. Yeah, it's a cool it's a cool experience to come and watch it. And sunset must be a whole different kill the fish yeah well I guess the thing is too it, it's daylight savings now right so it's going to be dark in the next sort of 50 minutes and that's 12 hours of darkness you know um, it's a long time it's a long time to be running and it's a long time to be running in those conditions so yeah and the, and, and actually through the tree I'm pointing sorry audio medium but I'm point, through the pines there it's already dark like the gloom is real so out on the course yeah, when you're in the course. trees it's going to be a bit dark it's going to be yeah it will have dark patches and we'll light patches. Yeah, yeah. Luckily, we've got nightclub music to um, get Absolutely. us through. Yeah. I mean, you got you guys are always getting to ask all the questions. Are you guys planning on doing any loops? Are you tempted? Are you? Do you have FOMO? Um, in terms of, I we'll be running like Sean and I are going to go out and do a loop soon. So we will nice. we will all check the course periodically throughout the four days. Just. Uh, a, because it gets us out on the course, but yeah, there's a lot of kind of constantly checking, revising, because you go through once, you have a check, you think, okay. Um, in terms of this, I don't have any FOMO at all. Um, I I really like putting the event on, and as I was talking to you before, it's it's the first time like I haven't turned my watch on once this time, because it's just like, this is what I'm doing, focus on what I'm doing. So yeah, I don't have any FOMO for this at all. 
I just I don't think I have the mentality for it. Like I, my brain would just go, does not compute, does not compute. That whole not being able to target a finish line. I think. It, I mean, what do you think about that? Ah, uh, uh, I'm trying not to. I remember the overwhelming feeling at the beginning of the TA of like, I have three thousand more k's to go. How am I going to do that? So. If there's no limit on that, I guess that's what you're saying. Like, how do you even, like, how do you do that in bite-sized amounts when it's like, oh, there is no end, there is no, like, relief in sight kind of thing. But at the same time, I, I definitely think it's something that I'd like to try. There you go. Watch out. Watch out. Cool. All right. Get back to your crewing. Good luck. <laughs> See you, like... How many hours? How many how is how many hours do you think? Well, I mean, it's definitely going to go. I mean, it, it, so we're definitely here till Sunday at least mm. uh, with the relay stuff. But I mean, you can't tell. You just I, at the moment I can't tell at all. All bits are off. Line up those cheesecake deers. <laughs> I need to convey a retraction on Brooks' part. You hear yes. in that clip that her tail was fully up after having soaked in the atmosphere of the backyard format, and she said as much. Oh, you know, yeah, totally. And she, and she was she was basically like, "Where do I sign up?" Yeah, where do I sign up? Well, <laughs> after she ran a lap of the course, she actually came and found me, and she was like, "I want two things on the record. Like, a, I've been calling my parents. Like, oh, yeah, just she, which she said in the interview. No, as but well. she said, you know, I, I've calling them repeatedly. Yeah, definitely yeah. saying thank you, thank you for crewing, and yeah. uh, b that she would never, ever, 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 ever do something like this. She was horrified <laughs> at the conditions that the runners were running in. Right. The technicality of the course. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. She was she was she was horrified. There is another little clarification we need to do because at the start of the interview with Sean, he's talking about why don't we jump in the shower? Just need to explain that what we had done was tried to find the quietest part of the whole complex that we were at, which happened to be near the shower for the what was that? The, the motorcycle club. And if you yeah. want to explain it away that way, you do that. <laughs> Radio. So, look, once the heat of the day burned off on Friday and we got into that first night, what was the atmosphere like and how were people going? I mean, you had Stuart Lynch, as you mentioned, um, World Adventure Racing champ. He, he looked like he was out there tearing it up. Yeah, it was. that was really – like there was one guy who went out super white hot with him. Yeah. Um, and his name – escapes me at the moment, I'm sorry, please forgive me, a runner from Hamilton mm-hmm. um, who'd just run Northburn and was still doing like banging out like 35-minute laps. Him and Stuart were just going like yep. bell for bell. Stuart's average was 38.57 and his yeah. fastest was 33.06. Yeah, he had the third fastest time on the course that weekend and that wow. 33 minutes was after 13 laps. Wow. So, you know, closing in on 100k, it was dark and it was raining. So yeah. the, the atmosphere was really cool. I wish, I mean, we'll put some photos up. So basically what happens is with the relapse is you run through the, the last part, you run through the tent city. So the runners come into a field and they writhe back and forth along this kind of, it looks like a snake as you'd play on like an old Nokia phone, right? Yeah. We'd set like, I don't know, we just got them like miles and miles and miles of fairy lights mm. that were on. So this is li- it's, yeah, it's it lit cool. up. There's, yeah. there's light strung between the trees. And we had a, a really banging sound system going with just some kind of high energy dance music the whole time. And it seemed to work. It was mm. like being at an, and people talked about it, it was like a festival. It was warm. And um, we were like, oh, yeah, we were feeling pretty, um, pretty, pretty stoked that, uh, you know, that we might have kind of 
beaten the mud monster, but then sort of two in the morning, the heavens right. opened. I think six mil of rain fell in like... <laughs> Wow. <laughs> and we ended up having to move all the electronics because it, uh, yeah. it got here because yeah, it really yeah. did. And so was there a big dropout overnight on Friday? There was there? a big dropout. So it at, oh gosh, how do we have it? So on lap 15, which is the 100K mark, mm-hmm. there was 11 who dropped at oh, the 100K. Wow. So okay. there was some, yeah. you sort of started to get your 60 to 80K yeah. people dropping, mm. but there was a massive kind of... Right. You know, and, and if you, you contrast it, so getting to say a hundred miles, yeah. The first year we did it, you had uh, Russ Thomas, Ian Fernside, they dropped at a hundred and nine. Then you had Ash Putty drop at a hundred and twenty, and then it was those other five. Mm. Uh, you know, Ian, Sean, Katie, Adam, and Andrew who went through to mm. the bitter end. Right mm. at this mm. point, when they came to a hundred, they had over 23, 24 runners. Right, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was pretty solid. It was pretty solid, but and the then, rain certainly, like yeah. when it got, yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, so Saturday morning comes, the sunrise comes, which helps a hell of a lot. Absolutely. And then you had the boost too of the relay runners, and and but there was a a big rain, the heavens, then, wasn't yeah. there? The biggest rain of the weekend was yeah. on when we were trying to do the race briefing. Oh, and we were man. thinking about people coming through, so he packed everyone into the sheds there, yeah, and and gave the race briefing, and then got amongst oh, it. Okay, yeah. that's a good idea. Yeah. So, wow. but, yeah. so that, that and that that would have had an impact on the course. I mean, we've mentioned a couple of times, but and it's mentioned in the interviews that we've got coming up. But but it really changed the nature of the race, didn't it? Absolutely, and it, and it did. Like, and, <coughs> pardon me, Sean and I ran the course on um, Friday night. We went out for a basically we called it an old man gloom check to see how the course was lit up yep. at night. We did it well. We banged out a couple of extra things, and we ran it. You know, we ran it well actually. A because we hadn't had. You know, yeah, <laughs> all that in our legs, but we just wanted to see what we could do, and um, we were sort of saying, "What's everyone talking about? It's muddy. It's not that muddy." Right. But then, when that rain came down, those two mm. massive downpours, it mm. really did sort of mm. Mm. mess everything up. Gosh. So, mm. look, just after midday, when the hundred miles had clicked over, so that's twenty four hours in. Um, it was down to 13 at that point. Absolutely. And, and we caught up with Andrew McDowell, uh, a veteran of 2018 and 2020 races and our DCR mate, of course. Yep. Um, he had had ideal preparation. We talked to him about that. Um, I also had a quick chat with my colleague from Stuff, Mike White, who was there covering the event Absolutely. for a big feature story coming out next week. So we'll play those interviews now. Yep. <laughs> we are 24 hours deep. I am here with two sleep-deprived individuals, the fourth Beatle, Andrew McDowell. How are you going, man? How much? What the hell happened to the third Beatle? <laughs> okay, there was no third Beatle. No <laughs> I only ever get interviewed when I'm sleep-deprived, it seems. It's becoming a bit of a thing. Yeah, I'm good, thanks, mate. I'm good? pretty sore, but um, it's great to be here and an awesome event, of course. And yeah. uh, what about you, Mr. Uh, race organiser, person, official person? Yeah, it's been incredible. Like, a lot to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, the night was busy because we had so many more athletes going through. The, you know, the last person standing that was stacked and there's tons to do in between. And every hour you get that lift. And then when the sun came up, it was like the afterburners came on. So it's currently, what, it's 12 o'clock? Yeah. So 24 hours deep, 100 miles down. Yeah. Give us the state of play of numbers condition of people how people are looking okay currently there's 11 people out on the course all right so we had two people drop at the 24 hours yeah uh and both of those athletes were running strong but it was clear that their goal was to finish at the 100 miles um 
overnight it got super hectic with the with the weather and the rain. So uh, I think lap 15, we had 11 not finish. Uh, and then from then on, it's been a steady sort of attrition. We had around 17, 18, we were over 20. And then we've dropped off and now we're, we're, we're getting to the sharp end. However, if you look at last year, um, you know, there was five people at this, at this oh. point. So there's, there's, a, there's, a, a, there's a group, there's some really strong, people are looking strong. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of emotion. And the, and the relay runners too, they, they're coming into this and they're, I think, both, you could see some people, like the, the more seasoned people are like, oh yeah, this is just part of it and, and these people are haunches. But you can see the people who are new to the sport just looking at the last person standing people and just like, whoa, you know? Like you go, Chris Bisley says he's been running for 100 miles. Fiona Havis has been running for 100 miles. They started yesterday. Um, yeah, and, and you do. You feed off that kind of emotion as well. So you've been here 24 hours deep in a relapse event, a backyard event. What, Andrew, um, what is going through your mind? What's happening with your body? How are you dealing with the kind of festival atmosphere? Does that help or hinder? Just give us a bit of what it's like for the competitors at this stage. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I can only speak from two years ago, um, and and I only lasted three hours past this, so I can really only speak for that section of it. But certainly for, I'm sure, all of these runners, especially leading up to the 24-hour mark, that is a huge goal. No matter what your goals past that are, you, you'd be kidding yourself if, you're, if that wasn't an important sort of milestone in, in, in what you're trying to achieve. So if you're at like 21, 22, 23, that's okay if you're feeling a bit rubbish because you know that 24 is coming up and I'm damn well going to make it to 24. So everyone's now done that, that has done that um, and for two people that was it and they're, they're quite happy but you've still got 11 more that have now gone out in the 25th lap and that is a completely different feeling because you, 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 you suddenly your entire button has just been reset. Okay what's the next goal? Oh hang on a minute, uh, I didn't really have a next goal usually so now it gets a lot more competitive and you're going to see a lot more um even though these guys are tired um you, you you're going to see a bit of gamesmanship you're going to you're going to see people you know going to the front and trying to look as fresh as possible and sort of dancing around a little bit like oh yeah you know i feel really good how about you um even though we're all good mates and really this is all you know a cool event and you know you want to you want to get into people's heads a little bit because the quicker everyone else stops, the quicker you can stop if you want to win. You know there is no finish line, so um, the next few laps are psychologically quite difficult because you've just come off that big high of that hundred miler, and you're going to do one more lap. You're going to come back in and be like, oh, 25. It's kind of a no man's land. You know, you might your next goal might be 30. That's a long way away. Uh, it's the afternoon now, the sun is out, it's going to start to get hot, and that um, there's enough exposed sections that you're going to start to really feel that. Um, however, everyone who's out there, they know this. They know this game, they're all really, really experienced, so they might not be as affected by it as, as I might think. So um, it, it remains to be seen how everybody goes, but so far, I wouldn't. you could definitely not call a winner. Um, yeah. So 24 hours, you basically turn a page and start again, is what... what kind of what you're saying what about in terms of I mean it's it's not a complete reset is it because you've got 24 hours running in your legs um, you having to deal with the fact that you've got that fatigue maybe you haven't been eating right and stuff what what are the things that you need to do to make sure that you're sort of physically capable of pushing on for god knows how long um definitely break it right down to that one lap you you can't think beyond that anymore 
um, and just make sure that you're not coming in so late that you or just walk around to the corral and start again. Um, everyone has probably discovered highs and lows of their nutrition already um, in the last 24 hours. So, um, you know, some people have got it dialed in and they're, they're still looking strong and feeling strong. Some people have had to adjust and they may need to continue adjusting just to, you know, because if your stomach goes, you know, their legs are probably still all right. But, you know, the nutrition can start to kick with the heat as well. Yeah. That could prove to be a big problem over the next few hours. The other, the other factor that we've got at play here is there's a lot more people here, the relays here. You know, it's a Saturday afternoon, so you've got people wandering in. Do you feed off that or, or do you just have to block it out or is it I've, horses for courses? I found it um, a very surprisingly emotional element that suddenly got introduced uh, at the 21-hour mark last time. Whereas you're, you know, it's a relatively quiet event, you've just come through the night, you're quite sort of in your zone, and then suddenly all these people turn up, and they're cheering, and you're running through this huge corral of lots and lots of people, and you're sort of like, oh, thank, thank you, oh, yeah, oh, you want a high five, oh, yeah. and you're actually sort of taken out of the game a little bit. Um, and I was surprised by it. I, I didn't actually mentally handle it all that well. It was quite a distraction. It was quite emotional. Like, and of course, every time you finish, it's utterly meaningless. But you get this build up to the finish. It doesn't help with Matt on the mic, you know, you know, pumping everybody up. No, I'm joking. I'm j- okay, sorry. He looks, he looks hurt. He's oh, no, I'm not hurt. <laughs> I was just waiting for the next thought to arrive. <laughs> sorry. Um, you know, every, every, everyone gets um, pumped up by that as, as you come, well, you get pumped up by it as you come in, and then you finish that lap and that really doesn't mean anything except you've ticked another another tick on the board and you've got to start again but you're emotionally you've just gone through a big high of finishing and you've gone through this whole corral of people going yeah you're awesome cool cool okay now do it again and I those last three laps for me I found really emotionally quite difficult with so much going on in that finish, finish line so hopefully you know it could be headphone time shut it out and um, people might look like they're grumpy but they might actually just be putting the blinkers on and trying to avoid everything. Andrew mentioned um, we might see some gamesmanship, gamespersonship. Yes. Fiona's still there. Go Fiona. Have you you seen anything of that starting to emerge already? Oh, look, I think there's well established. I think from about 120k on, you really started to see certain people start to, to, to swagger up. And, and literally, and it's walking into the corral first, hands on hips, and turning to face everyone who's walking in, you know. And it's it's a really it's it's not aggressive, but it's it's very much you know the tails up, and you're seeing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're mm. absolutely quite alpha. Quite alpha, and it's it's cool to see. I mean, mm. it is. It's I don't think it's toxic. I don't think it's inappropriate. I think it's absolutely at this point, you know, like we're in a competition, and it's mm. it's it's brilliant, you know. It's, it's the trail equivalent of walking around the. Uh, under the track before an Olympic final, shaking everyone's hands and looking them in the eye, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of direct. There's a lot of eye contact that's happening, you know. And everyone's like, "Yeah, yeah, we're doing it." But there's, you know, like, let's go. You know, you want to come and f- I could go for ten. You know, and just the, the 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 physical appearance. I could go for ten more. I could go for twenty more. Can you go for twenty more? You know, that's the thing. Andrew, how did your how did, how was it for you this year? Not the race you wanted. Just tell us about. Yeah, I, in as much detail as you want. Well, how, yeah, how you that's went. fine. Uh, I had a wee accident with my dog, torpedoing my legs all out on a run, um, just out of excitement. Uh, and that was only eight days before the race, so uh, I ended up with some reasonable injuries. That uh, it's interesting because they're not running injuries; they're impact <laughs> injuries. So, you know what you would consider a sore calf or sore leg, the usual stuff that you have. I didn't have that. So the art of running was, some, apart from my ribs, which are a bit banged up, um, it wasn't too bad. 
uh, but I had to be very careful not to fall and, and to hurt myself again. So um, I, I was only, honestly, I was, didn't even think I'd be turning up. Then I thought, I'd, oh, let's do a lap. And then, because uh, I've clearly got a running addiction problem, uh, I ended up doing 15 and doing 100K. Uh, but uh, then the rain turned up in the middle of the night and turned the track uh, into, you know, just a slippery mud fest. And uh, I made the call that that was, for me personally, too much of a risk of re-injuring myself. So, um, I, yeah, I, I pulled out on risk basis rather than anything else, yeah. which I'm very comfortable with. Mm. And seeing everyone stacking over the next few hours and coming covered in mud, I thought, oh, that was, that was a wise call. For, for once, I might have made a wise call. So, um, I'm, no, I'm stoked. I, I, like I say, I thought I'd be doing one lap and, uh, yeah. Let's mark this moment. Andrew, Andrew McDowell became mature. Yeah, <laughs> made, a, made a wise call. Wow. So boring. So boring. <laughs> All right. Okay, final question for the two of you. Uh, how long is this going to go? Should we just throw a number out there? Like, just place Go your bets? 37? Yeah, I was going to say 37 too. <laughs> yeah, I think that the people at the front, so there's going to be, I mean, I'm thinking about and I'm going to lay my, let's just, just call it, I think it's going to go come down to Chris Bisley. So this is Adam Keane and Fiona. Regardless of those three people, because they, they stick in my head, right? Oh, Matt Bailey's in the mix. Like, no, actually, they're all in the mix. They're all going to want to go more than Adam. So that was 35 hours, That was right? 35 hours. They're all going to want to beat Adam, right? Adam's going to want to beat Adam. Mm. And then it's just... At that point, you know, well, I beat Adam's thing. Shh, is that another milestone where people go, I'm actually really tired now. So, that you know, it's that, it's that bifurcation, isn't it? Like, this road or this road. Mm. All right, let's see. Special privilege for me talking to my colleague, from Stuff, Mike White. How are you going, Mike? Good, loving it. Yeah, great to be here. So this is your first time at a relapse event? I mean, you've had plenty of experience of seeing these kind of endurance events, but this is the first time at one of these kinds. What are your impressions? Yeah, it is the first time, but I've always wanted to do a story about uh, relapse because it's just phenomenal. It's a different kind of event. It's, you know, you run until you physically can't run anymore, and there's there's something really curious about the mentality behind that so yeah luckily enough um have come up to do a story on it and i've been out around the course with uh, all the competitors and just think it's incredible just blown away that after 24 hours we've still got 11 going and the conditions out there are pretty greasy pretty hard uh so yeah what do you say about these people they're phenomenal but it's it's right into the mental game now uh, for them, but um, just think it's a, a brilliantly organised event, and yeah, the course is lovely. And geez, I'm glad I bought my gumboots, that's all I'll say. <laughs> Good old Riverhead mud, eh? Yeah, well, coming from Wellington, we're not quite used to so much of this clay and mud. People did warn me, and uh, thankfully, that's one of the first things I packed was my gumboots, and a hell of a need of them out there. But you know, even just walking around the course, I've gone ass over kite several times, it's uh, it's slick as, yeah. And you're, you're, you're sleeping on course, uh, on site, sorry, not on the course, but across the course. But um, you're sleeping on site. How much sleep have you managed to get? You got a few hours last night. I thought I'll try and get a few hours in the first night because, you know, 
not everyone's going to drop out the first night, but I probably won't get much tonight if the competitors are still going. You want to be there just to find out each lap what's happening, who's still going. Um, so yeah, just slept in the back of the car, that was good, and uh, yeah, it's, a, it's great to be a, a surrounded by all the people here. It's a great environment, great you know um, camaraderie and support, all the supporters here, and yeah, so really love being here. It's a bit of a festival, really. Sure, yeah, it feels like a festival, doesn't it? I was talking to Dawn Tuffery before, I thought she might get on her stilts and walk around because it feels like that kind of atmosphere. But look, you, I mean, one of the, you've done such amazing journalism uh, in your career, but um, I just want to remark on the, the revenant pieces that you've done, both for North and South and for stuff. So you, you're sort of connected to that event, so obviously, you know, you, you're intrigued by it. Compare and contrast. I mean, these are they're two different kind of events, but events that really challenge the mental side of a runner. Do you just want to talk about the differences and similarities between Revenant and Relapse? Yeah, obvious differences is kind of the terrain, the geography. I mean, Revenant's in a glorious place in, in northern Southland, and you've got high tussock and river valleys. And, uh, yeah, but, but it's a... Uh, they're both... A physical endurance event. I mean, Revenant's nearly 200 k's, and you've got 60 hours to get around it. Here, though, there's no end. You don't know where the the final goal, the final end might be. So that's the big difference for me. I think you know with Revenant that you've got to get around four laps. You've got to get around in, in 60 hours. Here, you don't know. You might be running for 30 hours. You might be running for 40 hours. 50. So I think people can do well in both of them, but there's a lot of the people that have run the Revenant that have said to me, oh, you know, I just don't want to run around a, a loop, 6.7k loop all the time. But if you've got the mental toughness to do one, I think you'll do well here as well. And you've seen that because some of the people that are still out in the last 11 here are people that have done the Revenant and done really well at Revenant, yeah. That's the thing, isn't it? There's so, yes, lots of familiar runners uh, to you that have done done Revenant. You say they're, they're they're here at the pointy end, or getting towards the pointy end, aren't we? Because I guess have you got a uh, prediction to how deep this will go? Do you think? No, look, because it's all new to me, and the terrain is new, and this whole muddy clay course. Um, I wouldn't have a clue. Someone, one of the officials told me yesterday, no, nah, it'll only go 25 because the, the you know the conditions aren't good enough. Well, the they're on to 25 now and they're still going so I think it'll go deeper I don't know it just depends if you've got two or three people that are still got the mental toughness and the legs are still moving hey we could see it go to 40 it might not and let's hope the rain stays away that's another thing but during the day I think we'll see it well into tonight fingers crossed anyway and free plug time, when should people look out for your piece on this? Sunday Star Times uh, in, a, in a week's time, yeah. We'll be running a feature on the race, lots of nice pictures, and it'll be online on stuff as well. Nice. Good to catch up with you, mate. Thanks, mate. Nice to talk to you. As we said with Andrew, um, you know, we had those two guys drop out, Kanta and Ash. Yeah. Um, it was amazing to see the... I really got the sense with both of them that that was what they had come to yeah. do, and especially seeing Cantor, and and he was sort of, he'd sat in a chair with his his partner and just really 
just let the emotion kind mm. of it bubbled up, and it was it, yeah. was, it was really amazing to see. Mm. It so, was, it yeah. was, and yeah, you got the sense with Ash, wasn't it? As soon as he crossed the line, he was just like, "I'm out." Yeah, that's done. it, done. <laughs> um, so that's what he'd been focusing, obviously. So, and, and that's understandable. But look, not long after we had that chat, um, as was predicted, things got serious. In fact. Like it was just after that that three of the big guns went mm. in one lap, Adam Kane, Tom Hunt and Fiona Hayworth. What, what happened? Well, I don't know because Rebecca sort of stuck a knife to my throat and was like, eat the sandwich and get in the camper van. <laughs> but she, she actually went out to pick them she up. Was, she? Yeah. She, I, I woke up and I was like, oh, anything big happen? And she said basically there was a procession of relay runners who came and who'd taken screenshots of them and taken photos and were like, you have to medevac these people right now. Oh. So... Um, like uh, Reb's ripped out in our, in our in our legacy to go up and you know onto the trails to find them. Yeah, because <laughs> the am the big truck we have was gone. Yeah, um, and so, but she got to them and they're like, nah, we don't need help. We yeah. just we, they, so that they walked in. I think basically yeah. what happened is you look at Fiona, massive first quarter of the year. Oh, yeah, you know yeah. she's yeah. and 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 she's battling Huge. some fatigue and yeah. some some stuff. Yeah. Um, Tom Hunt, he'd done what do they call it? The lobotomizer, which is the the North Burn relapse. They've named it. Yeah. That's the double. So yeah. he'd done two hundred mile runs in, you know, um, three weeks. Yeah. And and Adam's always kind of he's he's had a big he's had a big go of it at the huge, moment. Huge. So huge. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, Fiona obviously. Um, would have been great if she'd have been healthy and and fit, and, and I'm sure that she will be um, keen to come back next year and, and yeah. give it another go. Even healthier um, and fitter, I think, would be the yeah. And and that's the thing with her too. And you see the caliber. I couldn't. You can't tell. No. You can't. No. You can't tell at all. No. No. You know. And and it was quite sweet. Like she was all wrapped up in a a chair with her and Tom and Adam were kind of by the finish, and um. Yeah, just you see actually once the guard is down, how, what it takes out of them. Yeah. You know, and yeah. 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 Because so, you've got a facade up, haven't you? Yeah. Absolutely. You, as much for yourself yeah. as anything, trying to convince yourself that you can keep going. So, yeah. look, by Saturday evening, it was down to three. Yeah. Chris Bisley, Sam Harvey, who we mentioned, and, and Matt Bailey. And Chris was probably the favourite, you'd yeah. say. Um, Sam was the bolter. Yeah. Um, Matt was the dark horse, really, wasn't he? You, you, you couldn't count him out. No, you couldn't count him out. And and I, and I guess it's the thing, too, you think about Matt, and I say this with the most love and respect, like he started his distance journey at the first relapse. Right. You know, he ticked over 100, I think. Yeah. Um, and was, like, so stoked. And then he's oh. gone on and he's done these missions with Sean and he, he yeah. was in the, ended up in the New Zealand team for bigs and he ran over 100 miles there. So him getting to 200, I mean, he's just such a phenomenal – he is a phenomenally strong runner. Mm. Um, but you could tell at 200K he was done and, and right. no one sort of begrudging – Yeah. Begrudging that, yeah. you know, that's did he wear a singlet the entire time? Uh, he had sleeves on, and then I think he felt is that why he got pulled? Like, was he pulled because he had <laughs> yeah. sleeves on? Safety mat, yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> so super with his, no. his, his bright clothing, but I mean, you got to admire what he did. He, he ended up with 30 laps, yeah. um, which means it was then down to Chris and Sam. And we know about Chris, a winner of many previous races, you know, from from Northburn to um, Naseby and so on, a real legend of the South and a guest on DCA episode 69 if you want some good background on Chris. But what do we know about Sam? So Sam, I mean, 
He's a younger man, yep. so he's 28, so he's reasonably mm-hmm. reasonably young for this kind of game. Yep. Um, very capable athlete, third at the Tarawera 50K, mm-hmm. uh, and has been, you know, I think he's been quite intentional in his desire yep. to win this event. Right. And But kept it very low-key, didn't he? I mean, he's done, he's done uh, 100 mile at St. James. Yeah. 2019, I think. Um, but it, but it's he, he entered quite late as well, didn't he? Yeah, he entered late. He's, he's you know, firefighter. Yeah. Um, I think he's a, a rugby coach is what he does. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, but real composed. Yeah. Really, really composed. Mm-hmm. Um, an excellent, excellent support crew. Both yep. of the, you know, both of the, the runners did. But, yeah, you, I mean, if you, and I, and that's the thing, and it very quickly became apparent, and I guess we will talk to this later, um, that even if you have it in your head in terms of who you think might take it out, you can't put any bets on anything. No, no. I mean, Sam, like you said, yeah, just was very intentional, wasn't he? Yeah. It was he a, that in, and, and not intensity about him, that's not quite right, but he was coming to the um, corral looking, yep, I'm ready to go, I'm ready to go, and sort of was sort of jamming to yeah. the music and stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, Chris was had, had that intensity about him. Hands he on does. his hips, first in the corral every oh, time. Yeah. He was staring ready, ready, ready to rock yep. and roll. I mean, I kept thinking of that conversation we had with him in episode 69 where we talked about almost like a campaign. And it yeah. was like he was in campaign mode, Absolutely. wasn't he? So, look, just after midnight, um, we caught up with Adam, <laughs> Adam Kane to give us some insight because he's been there. He's been Absolutely. in that last two. Absolutely. Uh, and we wanted to know what's going on in the mind and body when it's down to two people in a last person standing event. So here's Adam Kane. It's uh, coming up to midnight, up to 36 hours into the Riverhead, I still get this wrong, Backyard Relapse Ultra. Matt and I have with us Adam Keane, winner of last year's event. How are you going Adam? Yeah, good thanks. So, we're down to two. When it gets to this point in a race, what is going on between the two of you? What's... You know, are you talking to each other? What sort of um, state of, you know, what's the state of competition or are you just in your own head trying to get through? Uh, yeah, I guess so. it's the first time we're down to the two people and you don't have a couple of others that you're looking at, you know, wondering who's kind of going to blink, I guess. So, um, yeah, there's that added pressure, right? Um, so, yeah, it's got to be pretty stressful for these guys. Um, so sort of long into it and uh, the course is really tough. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see see how they manage that and see who can cope uh, with that pressure the best. So, um, yeah, it's going to be tricky. <laughs> and at this point, is, is there any giveaway signs in either of them? Are you seeing anything that indicates one is doing better than the other or does it fluctuate? What, do you, what are you seeing as someone who's been there at this point here? end? Uh, they both look pretty good. So they're both moving well. They're both doing the same time pretty much, coming in together. So, yeah, they look good. It's, you know, are you kind of looking at the other guy going, is he going to drop out or am I going to have to... You know, stick around for a while and just keep churning out lap after lap. So all those things are going to be going through your head, and yeah, you're just managing your nutrition and hopefully some rest and stretching and stuff, and then and doing it all over again. So yeah, rather them than than me at the moment. <laughs> it's good to be watching. 
Do you? Uh, we we were just talking before about um, the tactics that you have to throw around. Like, do you think about going off the line hard, uh, and then I guess you have to consider what the price of that might be. You know, are you are you contemplating that as you're sitting down, or are you thinking that on the line or during the lap? You know, wh- when do you get time to think tactics that are going to win the race for you? Yeah, so I think when you're coming in, you well for me personally, I'm thinking about my nutrition and and what I'm going. Am I going to shut my eyes for a couple of minutes um, and just get a reset? Um, and then when I'm, when you're out there, I think you're just constantly thinking about the game that's going on um, and and what you can maybe do. So yeah, if you decide to sort of push out in front and maybe try and turn the screws on someone, then you've you've probably got to know that they're suffering you know like if you get that wrong then it could be costly and they, they might get you so um you've got to get that right otherwise yeah like you say it's gonna maybe bite you so um yeah we'll see what happens that's the exciting part we just don't know when it's going to happen yeah. <laughs> so yeah and this afternoon i mean it kind of all happened in a flash didn't it matt it was sort of what there was there was 13 at at, at 12 o'clock at the 24 hour mark and then quite rapidly the field deteriorated quite quickly so do you just want to talk us through what's been happening the last few hours well I mean yeah so at, at 24 hours the, the field went from 13 to 11 because uh, Cantor and Ash dropped immediately so they, they, they completed the goal and then they, they dropped out so that was 11 and I mean to be honest you know I, I went to bed after that uh, sort of after the 25th lap I saw them come in went to bed and then when I woke up um, came in and there were there were three people left so there was Matt Bailey uh, there was Sam and there was uh, Chris and between that 100 mile and 200 kilometre I think I mean I, I don't know what happened it gradually sort of winnowed out and you know like, like Adam was saying between you know we've, we've now seen six laps from 200 uh, there's 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 wafer paper between these men. There's there's nothing. There's there's no. Even if you look at their personal administration in between laps, so they're coming in like consistently with sort of between, say like ten minutes. You know, one's laying down, one's sitting down, standing up. You can't tell what's sort of happening. And and like Adam said, there's no sign. There's no chink yet eh, from either of them. And I wonder what's. Sam did come in the last lap in front of Chris and that's the first time he's done that this race I wonder what's going on there I want, you know, but that could be explained by anything you know, Chris might have had to need to go to the toilet there could have been anything that, that's, that's happening um, but yeah there's no chink yet so. but that's, that's the beauty of this race isn't it you don't know when it's going to happen no exactly exactly and you can't and I'm, I'm finding myself getting sort of not sucked into it, but you're kind of looking for patterns or, or what's happening or why is this person you know doing that but you can't judge it really I mean uh, they're both you know they're setting up stride for stride and they're immediately hitting their stride so so Adam your race how talk us through what happened for you uh so I ended up doing 25 hours uh and then on the 26 hour uh, myself Fiona and Tom didn't didn't make the time so we came in in an hour 20 or, or something um but it's rough out there. It's a mudslide, so it was a, it was a struggle. Um, I think getting a hundred miles out there today is, is is pretty good. I think it's amazing that a, f- a, f- a few a few people got that. So uh, I was pretty happy with that. It's my third uh, time doing the backyard here. Um, I've done three 
over 300 milers now, so um, and over 500k in the last two years. So um, for me, and from October last year, it was a bit of a push to come back and try and push out a big distance. So <laughs> to be honest, I was, I was pretty happy with that. Um, and then yeah, it was just it's really sapping. So I'm, I'm amazed at these two guys just being able to smack out the laps. So it's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, they're super strong. I was thinking for you, I mean, you've already got a golden ticket. I've so, already got a golden ticket. So, so yeah. mentally, yeah. It's tricky, right, yeah. To, yeah. to try and back it up. Um, and I, there wasn't too much time, sort of four, four or five months mm. and not a lot of break. And, um, yeah, and I've got a lot of other things going on and coaching other people and stuff. So, um, yeah, it's just trying to manage all that. And, but no excuses, just go out and, you know, do what you can and, you still ran 25 hours out here in the mud. Yeah, I was pretty happy with it. And I, I, did, I sort of had got a little bit, I don't usually sort of get crook or anything, but I got a bit kind of crook around 80k. Um, and then I thought maybe if I give it another 80k, it might come right. But <laughs> no, it, it came right after a couple of hours. But um, yeah, so it's just all these problems you've got to manage, really. Adam Keane's coaching advice if it's feeling bad just give it another 80k it'll come right it's it's Burt Munro if you get get the speed wobbles just you know open up the throttle a bit and see you know that might help you're in pain anyway you might as well go a bit quicker and be in pain what um, what is the course like I mean describe it for people who aren't here or might not be familiar with Riverhead what's what's um, in terms of the conditions this year oh the conditions are atrocious so it's always been dry like the other two times I've been here and this I think the first 25 minutes is just a mud bath and and you're trying to climb these hills and you're, you're going off to the verge trying to get a bit of a little bit of flax or something you can stand on and um, there's, yeah there's really not a lot um, to sort of get some traction so you feel like you're doing twice the distance and wheel spinning um, so that's quite tough especially the first half of the course so psychologically you're kind of behind the game and then you've kind of got to run it in at the end to uh, make up for that so yeah but it's tricky like you're you're slipping and sliding every loop thinking okay I'm gonna maybe hurt myself here and then you you're doing it 20 hours later and you know kind of hoping that you're gonna be okay but your back's getting a workout and your shoulders are getting you know wrenched and stuff and it's it's just it was just hard work really I think for a lot of people so so with that in mind I mean they've gone you know they've gone beyond. I can't believe it. I'm not like I wonder what we've been doing the last couple of years. Because these guys are just. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, 30, 30 hours, thirty five hours last year, yeah. and you know these guys have, have just gone past that. Well, they're, well, assuming they make it back, they're they're into uncharted territory. Yeah, they're into uncharted territory. I mean, one of the things I would say about the course is, it is muddy. It's not. I mean, if this had been three weeks later, we would have been totally up the creek because it, it would have soaked in so there's a lot of surface muck it's still quite hard underfoot and what people have been saying now is it's kind of getting blown out with all the runners going through so it's actually all the mud's getting kind of pushed aside so there are areas of quite stable footing they'll have worked out their life I mean they'll have, they'll be so dialed in but yeah as Adam said it's a tough course um, a lot of climbing in the first half and then you know you're onto Anzac Road which is no joke and uh, it's a yeah, it's, uh, it, it speaks it to all the athletes. It has been raining as yeah. well, right? So it's sort of, the, yeah. you know, these little creeks starting to form and stuff, yeah. and it's like sort of feels like the track's filling up a bit more. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But it might be, might be getting, yeah. I, don't know, I don't think it'll be getting better. But no. No. I mean, and, and the thing is, is when the relays 
when the relay runners turned up, so they turned up for Reggio and the heavens opened. So the nine o'clock lap was in a deluge, so that would have made things doubly worse because you've yeah. got like, a lot of water on the course and a lot of people running through it. And yeah, just just hectic. I mean, Rebecca and I did actually go out with a shovel. <laughs> we, we emptied some puddles as yeah. best we could, but yeah. felt like we were trying to turn back the, you know, turn back the tide a little bit. But yeah. we did our best. Well, who knows how much longer we'll be here tonight. Yeah. But um, not, a, not a lot of sleep for us. <laughs> no, we'll just wait and see. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, well done on your race, mate. Yeah, no worries. Good fun. Yeah, but I, I actually, they were just going so strong. I was like, this is not going to end for a while. No, I'm going to go home. Yeah. Um, and so I, I left to get some sleep. But basically, it wasn't much long after that before it all, it all ended. What, what happened? So it can't, I mean, you couldn't have put. Uh, it was it was wafer thin between those two athletes, and they were so keyed up. And at times, and it, it felt like America's Cup racing. You know, like, he's got port entry. He's coming into the corral first. <laughs> mm. Like there was a race to get into the corral, mm-hmm. and they'd shake hands every time they give each other a fist bump, and then they would sort of stand there. And at times, the atmosphere was quite electric, mm. but like at times, they were so fired up that. At the minute whistles, they were ready to go. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you're both. Yeah. Like, they were yeah. so into it. Yeah. Um, and what happened was what we predicted, in that it was going to come down to either a metabolic or a mechanical issue. Yeah. Or a misfortune issue. Because mm. if, I mean, you was, know. From neither of them, there was, there was not going to be a mental... Um, no. Collapse in the sense of oh I can't carry on is there they were both no. they were both determined to carry on and if you look at it too you, you know you look at how again you can't count that at two the administration that was happening in the corral area mm. was very very different so Sam would lie down his crew were like rubbing his legs and stuff like that yep. Chris would choose to sit or he'd stand uh, he had his wife with him you know they're a good mm. team like amazing but team. you can't again make any judgment around. Yeah what's going on but basically what happened is Sam's Sam's leg went so uh, he came in on lap 37 he ca- they both came in on lap 37 they were mm-hmm. both in the corral yeah I, I mean he sat down and he was like and he was quite he was a bit slower wasn't he on lap 37 but yeah not by much at all no. like these guys no. were I, I thought it, they were both coming in at 50 minutes yep. so for sort of seven laps they were, yep. they were around 50 minutes yeah um, and I, I you know we were saying even if they got a minute slower a lap that's another nine laps mm. you know to get to that real crunch point of sort of 58 are 59 minutes mm. are they going to mm. make it in are they going to make it out they were both having Yep. significant amounts of time mm. between each lap. Mm. And so they both come in on lap 37. They both came in on lap 37 and and he sat that Sam sat down in the chair. And it kind of the crew were looking and they're looking over and I walked over and I just sort of I just walked over and just sort of stood by me, looked up at me. And I said, "Are you good, bro?" And he goes, "I'm not saying anything yet." And I didn't say anything. I no. just gave him a squeeze on the shoulder and sort of walked off. And then he was, you know, blew the whistle and he was up. Yep. Came into the corral. Yeah, because you like, had three-minute whistle. Three-minute whistle, two-minute two minute whistle, whistle, one-minute one minute whistle. whistle. And yep. the one-minute whistle, they can come into the corral. So mm-hmm. then they're in the corral, and he and I was like, 30 seconds, and he just looked at Chris and goes, it's all yours, bro. I right. can't do it, my leg. And he had a, it looked like he had some sort of popliteal tendonitis, so the, the tendon in the back of his knee. And, you know, when one thing goes, it all goes. What, what's that? So the tendon in the back of the knee. Yeah. So the, the back, yep. as I'm tapping the, the right. back of the knee. Yeah. He, yep. he was sore. I mean, he'd run mm. 248 kilometres at that mm. point. Mm. So then Chris, 
had to go straight. So yeah. there was no celebrations. So no. it was like, bro, it's yours. He and can't even like, kind of. He can't even kind of comprehend what's going no, on. No, I was like honk honk on the honk yeah. horn, yeah. and off he took. Yeah, you know, and gave a gave it a, a, a whoop, a roar as he headed into the woods. Yeah. I think as it's sitting in, but then it was like, you know, if it all goes, if he falls over. Yeah, if he doesn't make it back, yeah, him, he's got it. He know? still had to complete. He still that. had to complete that lap. Yeah, and he screamed around, didn't he? He I mean, did last. Yeah, for forty six minutes. Yeah, forty six minutes. That is his, his second fastest lap. Of yeah, forty six thirty. Yeah, so 30, 30 seconds slower than his than his fastest lap. So yeah. he he honked around that. He course. did. He did. Yeah. And, and yeah. And then what was what was his mood afterwards? You know, was he did he did he cross the line? Hands up. Did he? You know, what what was the situation? He crossed the line as he. Did every time being resolutely Chris Bisley. Like he was happy, mm. Mm. Um, but he was the same when he crossed the line and, you know, hugged Nikki and they had a, you know, they had a moment and it was obviously very emotional for both of them mm. um, because these are, these are citizen athletes, right? Mm. Like, yeah. He has a full time, they both yeah. have full time jobs. Yeah. Chris has kids. Yeah. You know, Nikki, Chris have kids. They, there's, there's a lot goes into this. Yeah. Yeah, they had a moment. Yeah. A lot of sacrifice. Um, we dragged them both inside by the the, the space heater in the in the hall, mm. uh, in the sheds, and and basically, um, when I when I caught up with him in the morning, he he hadn't slept, yeah, because he was sore, and, but he was he was, you couldn't have, you know, I don't think you could tell by this uh, conversation we're about to have that he just run two hundred and fifty four point yep. seven kilometers. That's All right, sure. well, let's play this conversation that you had with Chris on Sunday morning. Well, he finished on Sunday morning. A few hours later, yeah, it's still Sunday morning, yeah. Okay, it's the day after the evening before and I am here with the 2021 Backyard Relapse Champion, Chris Bisley. Chris, how are you feeling, man? Uh, surprisingly uh, feeling good today. Um, I think you're, you're still coming down off the achievement of, of what's just happened the last couple of days. I would say this afternoon there'll be a bit of a crash and burn, but um, usually that morning after, if, if, you, if you keep moving, then you're feeling okay. I mean, 38 laps, so 254.7-ish kilometres. Is that the, the furthest you've run in, in one sitting? Yeah, that's, that's definitely the furthest I've gone. Um, previously, just coming from the 100-miler background, haven't um, advanced from that as yet, um, but definitely planning to. But um, it, it seems to be a good way to try and get higher up in the Ks, achieved in, in one sitting, so to speak. Um, is you can manage yourself on, on the lap basis and having that little bit of time with your crew in between as well. How, you know, you've come from a, a more traditional, and I'm doing air quotes, miler format. How, how did you enjoy, um, I mean, this isn't your first rodeo because you came for bigs. How, how, you, how, how have you enjoyed this format? Uh, in, in the past, I've, I've really struggled with this sort of format. It's, it, it doesn't suit my former kind of kamikaze type style racing where take it out hard and, and try and hurt everybody right from the start and then kind of hang on um, and, and see how deep you can push so it was uh, it, it, it took a lot of um, restraint I suppose just trying to hold back the effort um, and, and a lot of communication with the, um, with the crew my wife Nikki who was crewing for me about you know when I was coming in and how I was looking do we keep it there or do we need to slide down a little bit and, and trying to find your natural rhythm as well which is different from, from any other sort of race type rhythm so, but definitely um, real, I suppose, thought on technique out there, trying to keep that nice and, and just keeping strong on those ups and being nice and relaxed on the downs. Because, I mean, it was 
very, very boggy for, for a long time. Did it, did it clear up at all or did it just keep getting worse? Yeah, the irony, each time it got really nice and packed, um, that's when the next shower of rain would come through and it would just put a nice, nice layer of slick right on top. So um, I think everybody found that challenging. It probably would have added, you know, a, at least one or two minutes onto people's times, um, especially if you're in the conga line trying to get up some of those hills and skating around. And once you've got the relay teams going in there as well, that just added, you know, another layer of confusion, I suppose. But it, it's, it's, it's part of the race and it's nice to have those challenges in there. And, and you, so I want to talk about challenge. You talked about the mental game traditionally of uh, of a miler, you know, or any race that's not a loop format. You know, you go out, you try and you're either you're trying to put the hurt box on people. You're trying. How I mean, I thought I saw quite a bit of quite a bit of sort of psychological stuff come into it quite early. I mean, how, what what were you what were you doing? What were you up to? Uh, in, in those ones, I think if you're trying to show off your strength, especially in a course like this, um, there's opportunities to, to, to push ahead of other people and, and sh- show your wares a little on some of those climbs. So it's definitely one of my strengths, I believe, is, is some of that steeper climbing stuff, the power hiking. Um, I have got a, a, an individual technique of that, getting nice and low and, and using plenty of arm action. So, um, and just, yeah, making hay where the sun shines are the part of course that suit you so you can get through and, and do it there but, but keeping an eye on everybody else but again it's the sort of race where you've got to focus on yourself and make sure that you're looking after yourself and you're just making the times and, and you're, you're keeping it nice and consistent I mean I saw that we commented in the in sort of the you know the race committee or the, the, the crew at the start it felt a little bit for a while that it was like Amer- watching the America's Cup boats vie to get into the into the start box first. Was that a was that a conscious choice that you were in that start box pretty much first all the time? Yeah, I, I think getting in there nice and early is. Well, I weave it for myself, thinking right, I'm I'm ready for this next. Day. I'm not trying to put it off. I was just trying to keep myself in that frame of mind. Right, it's time to run. You know that 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 whistle goes with that double whistle, and you know you're in there, and people can see you in there. That you do that, you're up for it. So I suppose you know I like to like to race from the front. Um, so in this race, you know, it doesn't matter if at the front or the back of the pack, but showing that intention right from the start and, and just your whole approach that, that, you know, I was here, I was serious about what I was doing. Um, and I think, you know, that, that, that proved to be good in the end for me. I mean, this year we had the 13 athletes at 100 miles and, and then, then that dropped to 11 and then that carries on and there's a winnowing down until it's you, Sam Harvey, and it's Matt Bailey at 200 kilometres. Matt Bailey drops, and then it's just you and Sam Harvey for another seven laps. I mean, how was that just sizing up that competition? With I mean, it looked like, it, again, there was, there was wafer paper between you guys. We were, we were thinking, God, we're going to be here all night. I mean, how was that? Neither of you looked like you were taking one step back. Mm. It was interesting uh, once uh, Matt um, dropped out how I kind of felt my psyche completely changed rather than right, just getting each lap done to towards, um, <coughs> excuse me, um, to more how, how am I going to find a weakness, how am I, how am I going to beat him. It, t- it kind of turned into a race where it probably shouldn't have, and, and there's probably a bit of inexperience at, at this format of racing, and, and then you start bringing in crazy things like surges and you know, I'll push this downhill or I'll try and set this up and and we did that for a couple of laps and, and then in and, and then when we just went back to you go out and you run your own lap 
and whoever falters first, the other's going to be the, the prosper. So um, it's a really strange type thing, the the sort of battle we got into. I think we did possibly four laps from, uh, pretty close to each other and we didn't say a single word. You know, it's, it's obviously not because um, there was any indifference or anything. It was just that we were so focused on the task and it was just about you getting that lap done around about that time that you wanted to and how, how you felt comfortable. Right, so you very much worked each other. You had that kind of, you had that boxing match early on. Yeah. So it's the two of you, you're feeling each other out and then you just got to your work. Yeah, yeah. Once, once we figured out there's no point in trying to beat the other person up because you're just beating yourself up as well. Um, then it was just a matter of just getting down and getting in the grind and getting in that corral at the start and, you know, finding your pace and, and getting around that course the best you could. And it was clear that there's that beautiful dialectic, like both of you are in it to win, but also there was this, it felt like companionable silence, you know, you'd greet each other, you'd give each other a fist bump, and then you, you were in it to win it, but you are in it together as well. It's a, it's a, how do you, was it difficult to sit with both those competing kind of emotional states? Yeah, uh, I think you've seen it in other backyards as well, um, Especially over in the states and things like that, people, you know, if there's two people, one's trying to assist the other and trying to go push each other as far as the, as they could. Um, whether we had that same feeling, I'm not sure. I think we were both there, just trying to push and, and, and trying to be the last one out there. So the, we we didn't speak about we wanted to get to a certain number or anything like that. It, it, it definitely had a feeling of a race, and maybe that's just both our personalities. I know he's a competitive guy. I'm competitive as well. So we weren't, weren't looking for course records or you know, New Zealand Australasian records or anything. It was, I think we just both wanted to win a bunch. Well, I mean, you did get a course record, yeah. <laughs> which is incredible. And it, and it did, it, it very much on the, on, the, on, the, on the finish line, it did have that kind of, and several people said, almost a blood sport. You know, it became quite sort of, it was very clear that it was uh, almost gladiatorial, it, not to get too kind of over the top with it. How... I mean, it came down to, at the end, as we thought it would, something went wrong for one of you. And it was Sam, so his leg, you know, it was a mechanical issue in the end. I mean, you looked so composed. How, how were you feeling? You set up for lap 37. I mean, were you feeling good right through? Were you, were you, cause were you, were you hiding something, or was it just all good to the end? Yeah, to be honest, that, that, um, that last lap we did together, I was starting to crack. I was starting to feel it. Um, my stomach could be good all day. We had the nutrition kind of plan sorted. Just starting to feel just a general overall fatigue um, through there. My legs were still feeling really good. I could still, you know, power hike those ups and uh, and run all the downs and everything like that. But just that, that general just being knocked around for being out there so long. And um, and just saying to, to Nikki, my wife and my, my crew, um, there was it came down to really my... My aim was to get out on the course and just keep doing laps until I got timed out. And, and that, that's what I come up to my mind. And if, if it came to the point where I got the assist because of that, then that's what it was going to be. But when I got to the start line, I'd, I'd, I was a bit shaky. Um, but when he came up and he said, you know, it's all yours, step forward and do that last solo lap, just just the adrenaline rush and, and the relief and the joy and and everything, it just, it just came rushing through and I didn't feel a thing and, and that last lap was just, it was an absolute joy to do. I love those, it's, it's a real, not many people get to do it, it's a real privilege to go out and do one of those solo laps. 
Absolutely. I mean, we heard the whoop, you know, as you, as you ran into the trees, and we were, again, worried, you know, that, that last lap, people have talked about it, you know, they're, they're worried because, you know, Sam's not there anymore, you don't have that, that pressure, and then we're like, what if something happens? But, you know, for 45 minutes later, I think that's your fastest lap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so I've, I've had a similar experience at um, the longest, shortest day, the Crush Chicago. Uh, last person standing one there and, 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 and doing a last lap there by yourself so um, there, there's something about spending that time just with yourself and running over your performance and how things have gone and uh, and I'd call it kind of running with pride and you can really just enjoy it and stretch out a wee bit if you can yeah. um, but it's, 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 it's like Christmas day for a runner those sorts of things Fantastic, and and I understand that you know you haven't slept. You've you've been you've been you've been resting. But look, we'll let you get some get some rest and get your get your tent down and stuff. And it's been an absolute privilege, you know, being with you through this. And and, and thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. Cheers, man. And cheers to uh, Electric Turkey and, and Sean and yourself and the whole team that, that that put this on. It's a it's a wonderful event. Nikki, my wife, my crew. She said, you know, it's it's like a festival. It's 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 a pleasure being here. Fantastic, thanks, man. What a winner! Yeah, what yep. a winner! Yeah, you know, absolutely. Um, yeah, and you know, went to a really nice guy in the end, didn't it? I mean, absolutely. Not, well, not that they were. No, it's not like this but, isn't a, this but, isn't a hero villain <laughs> no. thing. And I think for Sam as well, you know, like he was really intentional. I was like, I'm going to win this, mm. and he's already put it on his social. I'm going to win it next year. Right. And I think, you know. You could consider that sometimes that rubs against that kind of Kiwi kind of like, well, oh, say what you will, but like put it out there, mm. you know, like all yep. power to the man. And 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 the the race was a better one for ha- him being in it. Absolutely. And Absolutely. and you know, like I think that it must be hard to swallow, you know, not not getting the W as as use the rugby term, but you know, bro, chin up. Absolutely. 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 Fantastic. What you've learned this weekend. We'll hold you in good stead next weekend. But, look, it gives me a new appreciation for what Katie and Will Hayward did at Biggs in 2019. You know, they did 50 laps and 59 laps, Absolutely. respectively. And, you know, different course, different conditions, but but wow. Um, so, as Sean mentioned, four Kiwis eligible for Biggs in Tennessee. Yep. Katie, Adam, Will and Chris. So, yeah. they're all eligible. And yeah, it's 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 an amazing thing. Mm. It really is, and it's an amazing thing too. Like I got to the point where I was like, they kept on going, and I was like, really? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, are you tired? Like, we're tired. Like, yeah. What's are we going to be here till the sun? You know, like till the sun wow, comes up. It was mm. just oh, I can't. Well, the, like I said, you know, there was no sign of weakness <laughs> from either of them when I left. Um, and you just thought this is going to go for. This is going to go to sunrise. Absolutely, and mm. and as Chris said in the interview, you know he was cra- he said he was uh, he was cracking. Right, not you couldn't tell. No, at all. No, no. Hey, well, look again, amazing event, uh, incredible performances, um, and 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 a great outcome. You know, to get to get to that thirty eight laps um, further than anyone's gone in New Zealand before. Um, a, a, a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful Riverhead Backyard Relapse Ultra. And I finally learned how to say it. Yeah, it's hard. <laughs> I, mean, I, <laughs> I struggle as well. Yeah. So, you know, it, it is what it is. I mean, it's 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 a classic kind of Lazarus-like thing, isn't it? It's yeah. The, yeah. What do you do? Yeah. What do you do? Yeah. But amazing. All right. Well, is that us? That's us. That's us. 
All right. So thank you very, very much for tuning in. We are on social media at Dirt Church Radio and you can email us dirtchurchradio at gmail.com. You can find us on all the pla- podcast platforms. You like and subscribe if you fancy and you can download direct from the website, which is dirtchurchradio.com. Don't forget to write in with us your greatest run ever. We'd love to Especially hear. Especially people who came up yeah, to Matt absolutely. during the weekend and said you had a greatest run ever. Because we've got the internet info. We know where you live. So, <laughs> um, yeah, we'd love to hear from you and you can read them on the website too. Thanks to our sponsors, Scott Running for the Faster Spring Energy and Cielli. They've got a new spring drop coming soon, which is going to be incredible. And thank you to our Patreon patrons and Wild Things. Thank you to our editor, Kieran. And we've got another great guest lined up for next week. So tune in then. Ka kite. Ka kite Thanks, Rigby. <laughs>